You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunkin' With Wolves the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Today's episode is brought to us by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is, uh, I guess, day two of NBA Free Agency. The Timberwolves, um, there's a lot that happened in the last 24 hours. Um, To be clear, the Timberwolves really have done nothing. However, a lot has happened. Team USA advanced to the semifinal round, former Timberwolf, Well, I guess not quite officially former Timberwolf yet, but Ricky Rubio absolutely went off for Spain and their loss. So we'll talk about that briefly here off the top um, because I just just watched that. Um, And then we'll get into some of the the major uh, action league wide. I will list every single Timberwolves news and note that I have found related to the Wolves since, um, you know, midday before free agency officially started on Monday. But there's quite a few notes there's nothing of substance that that has actually happened, but there's still plenty that could happen because there's lots of names that haven't moved yet. There's lots of potential trades that could happen. So we'll talk through all that. And then there's one more take on a potential Wolves-Ben Simmons trade that I want to get to here before the end of the show, uh, basically a, a, an idea for a trade that's out there. So um, that'll be the show today. Plenty to cover and hopefully... At some point this week, there will be some Timberwolves-related action that we can talk through. But um, trust me, there's plenty to talk about today on the show. Um, you know, even without the Wolves actually making a move in the opening hours of free agency. Uh, but also, how about the the 5 p.m. Central start for free agency? On the one hand, it's great um, because it all happens during waking hours. On the other hand, 5 p.m. Central. You know, it's great that it's 3 p.m. Pacific, but 5 p.m. Central is tough for a lot of people to be plugged in. <laughs> It's all the news that's happening, um, including yours truly. It's just a, a tough time of day. But at least we have a full, you know, this wasn't an 11 p.m. thing where, you know, we're we're trying to scrounge all the rumors from overnight. This uh, this all happened, you know, uh, Monday evening pretty much. So um, plenty to talk about. All right, before we get into it, a reminder, you can follow this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. That, of course, includes Apple as well as Google and Spotify and the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves and at BBeacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay, so let's do this. Let's quickly hit on Ricky Rubio and the Olympics uh, because that just happened and it was crazy. And if you missed it, I'm sure it'll air today on, on NBC or NBC Sports at some point. But live last night on Peacock, I was able to stay awake for the first half of it and uh, then catch up with it uh, this morning. And uh, Rubio had 38 against the against Team USA. And, and Team USA won ultimately... I wouldn't say easily. Um, How many points did they end up winning by? They won by 14, but they were down 10. And at halftime, I guess it was was, uh, tied at halftime, but they were down 10 in the second quarter, and it looked pretty dicey. Um, Ricky Rubio had 13 in the first quarter and then sat for several minutes because that's how Spain does the rotations. In fact, he still ended up only playing 27 minutes in this game, and he dropped 38 points on 13 of 20 shooting. Four of seven on threes, a perfect eight of eight at the free throw line. It was just unbelievable. Um, in the first quarter alone, he got to the basket for, I think, three layups, a couple of really nice moves. He hit a, an impossible, like, fade away with defender in his face. He uh, 
lured Zach Levine into a terrible foul on a, on a crazy mid-range jump attempt, jump shot attempt. He had a an off the three dribble or off the, excuse me, an off the dribble three that was like, I don't know, probably 28 feet from the basket that he just drained. And it looked nothing like the mechanical jumper that we're used to seeing Ricky Rubio shoot. It was just fluid, all in one motion, confident. And I, we talked about this the other day on the show that Rubio is just, he's a, it's a different style of play first and foremost, and that definitely matters. But it's also a different level of confidence for him because he knows he is the guy for Spain, especially now with Pau Gasol and Marc Gasol surely playing their last Olympic game when Pau Gasol's already out of the league. Um, there just aren't as many guys. It's obviously, Spain's still pretty good, but you know, Rudy Fernandez is old, uh, getting older. Sergio Lul is also uh, getting up there. This is, I think, his third Olympics. Um, you know, no Wancho. Willie Hernan Gomez played really well as well. He had like three consecutive blocks in the second quarter at one point when Spain was building their lead and was was really kind of controlling the paint for a period of time. And that's, of course, part of Team USA is probably their biggest weakness is they don't have the big men um, that a lot that some of these other teams have. I mean, Draymond Green and Bam Adebayo are like the bigs. Javel McGee doesn't really play. And as great as they both are defensively, um, you know, they're still, they're still a little bit thin, right? I mean, Jeremy Grant barely played in this game and there just aren't, there isn't front court depth for Team USA and, and Spain took advantage of that early in this game. And that's also why Rubio was able to do damage in the paint, but he was just phenomenal. 38 points. It was actually the most points that any team has ever scored against Team USA in the Olympics or any other major event. So including FIBA, it broke a, a Dirk Nowitzki record when he had 31 in a game against Team USA. So how crazy is that? The player that scored the most points in any individual game against Team USA in the history of USA basketball is Ricky Rubio, 38 points, um, which I guarantee you is is would be his NBA career high. I don't even need to look that up. I don't know that he's broken 30 more than a handful of times in his career, um, but just, just crazy. Kevin Durant was the savior for Team USA. He's the only one that scored more than 13 points, and he was good throughout. 10 of 17 shooting, he hit four threes. Jason Tatum was also three of five on threes. But uh, Rubio was guarded primarily by Drew Holiday, especially early in the game, and really took it to him. And, uh, you know, uh, just great performance. It, it's too bad for Spain that they lost. It, it's too bad we got the Spain-USA matchup so early, right, in the in the quarterfinal. Um, and now now we move to the semifinals. So the U.S. is at least guaranteed a medal, which, of course, would have been a disaster if they didn't get a medal. Um, but they'll play the winner of the game that's happening right now, which is Argentina and Australia. Um, and... On the other side of the bracket is France, France and Slovenia. Uh, Luka Doncic and um, Zoran Dragic were fantastic in getting Slovenia an easy win over Germany. Uh, Luka only had twenty, I say only, but I mean he's been really good, of course. And and Zoran Dragic led them in scoring in that game. But the winner of Australia and Argentina will take on the U.S. And then on the other side of the bracket is France and Slovenia, um, and those games are going to take place late Thursday. And the gold medal game will be um, will be early on Saturday. So, or I guess, I don't know, late Friday, early Saturday, our time, I believe. So a fantastic performance for Rubio, Rubio, who of course is no longer a member of the Timberwolves, but still notable because it was, it was such a strong performance and because um, Team USA did advance. So um, that, that's, uh, that was Monday in, in Olympic basketball. All right. Next, I want to get into free agency. I want to talk about everything that kind of everything that's gone down in NBA free agency thus far, including all the Timberwolves news and notes, because there are plenty of rumors surrounding the Wolves. Um, so we'll go through all those here in just a moment. Before we get to all that, though, 
Let's talk about our title sponsors from today's show, and that, of course, is rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, let's get into NBA free agency. So, well, the Wolves haven't officially done anything. There's plenty of rumors. There's also a lot that has actually happened. So let's hit the big deals that have happened so far. Um, really, once everything got kicked off, there, there were a couple of pretty quick announcements. So the Lonzo Ball sign-in trade going from New Orleans to Chicago um, could end up being a three-way deal. We don't have all the details on that yet. Tim Hardaway Jr. resigned with the Mavericks. Um, Jared Allen agreed to a five-year, $100 million extension with the Cleveland Cavaliers or new contract, I guess, with the Cleveland Cavaliers, who's a restricted free agent. Kelly Olynyk signed a multi-year deal with the Detroit Pistons. Will Barton stayed with the Nuggets. Conley signed a big three-year deal in, uh, in Utah to stay there. Jimmy Butler is signing a max contract with Miami. And then they acquired Kyle Lowry in a sign and trade. Kyle Lowry was kind of my dark horse to maybe go to Philadelphia in a three-way complicated three-way, admittedly complicated three-way sign and trade that could, uh, that could send, I was hoping would send Simmons to Minnesota, Lowry to Philadelphia. That could have been the way that the Wolves could have made that happen, but that that's not a thing anymore. Duncan Robinson stayed in Miami. Tory Craig decided to leave Milwaukee and go to Indiana, of course, or excuse me, leave Phoenix and go to Indiana. Of course, he played for both the Bucks and the Suns this year. Chris Paul, who had opted out of his $44 million player option on Sunday, agreed with a four year, agreed to a four-year extension worth well over $100 million. Um, Doug McDermott signed a multi-year deal with the Spurs. Kind of going on down the list, a lot of guys in that tier. Uh, in terms of potential Timberwolves targets, Zach Collins signed with the Spurs. That was a three-year $22 million deal. Of course, he was very promising with Portland early. Uh, well, it's still pretty early in his career, but really early in his career, he was very promising. He's had a lot of injury issues, but he was a potential Timberwolves target that had been mentioned by a couple of uh, reporters, but he signed with San Antonio. Other potential Wolves targets that have signed elsewhere, uh, Daniel Tice agreed to a four-year deal with the Rockets for $36 million, so he's off the board. Um, Bobby Portis, I don't know that he was ever really a serious target, but he agreed to a two-year deal with Milwaukee. Um, Blake Griffin stayed with the Nets. That's notable. Obviously, he wasn't a Wolves target. And that was really kind of it. Oh, uh, sorry. Jamichael Green is the big one, I think. I talked about him quite a bit on Monday's show as a possibility for the Wolves. He did. He had opted out of the, I think, seven and a half or so million that he had on his on his deal with the Nuggets. He opted out. The Nuggets are bringing him back for two years, 17 million. So he gets paid a little bit more annually. Um, what, like a, a million, million and a half, eh, about a million more per year. And it gets an additional year added onto his contract. So Green's off the board, which is a disappointing one for me. I, I didn't think... I, it was pretty likely he was going back to Denver, but he was a significant target for the Wolves. Um, related to all that, John Krasinski of The Athletic had a list of potential targets for the Wolves, 
in his column that came out earlier on Monday. And I'll, I'll run down this list just with the names real quick. Of course, it's a subscription, the athletics, a subscription site. So I'm not going to read anything really verbatim, but just hit on the, uh, the, the names that he went through and who's already off the board. For front court options, Daniel Tice, he lists, he's off the board. P.J. Tucker, um, I believe he's signing in Miami. I don't know that that's final yet, but he's likely off the board. Jamichael Green, uh, back in Denver. Torrey Craig, off the board. Mo Harkless, I don't believe he's signed anywhere yet. He could still be available. Willie Cauley-Stein, um, re-upped in or picked up an option in Dallas, but there's a chance he could be had via trade. Zach Collins is gone already. Nemanja Bielitsa is the only other one on this list. And of course, he's still available. So there's always a chance he could be back. He had a disappointing season last year. Remember, he was traded to Miami and didn't really play for the Heat after they acquired him. But he could be an option. But already, about it didn't feel like there was that much that happened. But really, two-thirds of the guys that John lists there are already gone. Um, and, 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 you know, the Wolves... The Wolves' path to making a move, it's going to have to be something more significant, which I've said pretty much all along, is it's going to have to be a sign-and-trade type possibility. So John Hollinger had an article that posted early on Monday with just kind of a, a bunch of buzz. And here's the, the paragraph that he had about the Timberwolves. This was on The Athletic. Um, of course, it Hollinger co-hosts the fantastic Hollinger and Duncan podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. But John Hollinger says, Minnesota is surely one possibility for marketing in terms of a, a, he's a restricted free agent with Chicago, right? So it likely would be a sign and trade option. Um, he says the T-Wolves have little room below the luxury tax line and will be looking at trades and sign and trades with some of their less desirable contracts in a future pick. They had eyes for Kuzma before the Lakers sent him to Washington and could jump back in if he's available again. Another possible name for the Wolves, Danilo Gallinari. Okay, uh, quick thing on Kuzma. Krasinski also said the same thing, that if Washington decides to flip Kuzma for whatever reason, the Wolves could be interested in, in acquiring him from Washington, you know, shortly after the Wizards got him in the Russell Westbrook trade from the Lakers. So that's still a possibility. And, and we keep seeing Kuzma's name. So clearly the Wolves are serious about the possibility of adding Kyle Kuzma. And, and he does fit from a combo forward, you know, switchable defender, three and D type guy with some size. That, that all checks out. And we've talked about him before, depending on what the opportunity cost is to acquire him. It, that could be a good acquisition. He, it shouldn't be too expensive. Um, it's He's not the most exciting. I mean, he's obviously a recognizable name for fans because he won a championship with the Lakers and he was really good as a rookie. But as long as they're not giving too much up, he's a fine trade target. It's not super exciting. Um, the Gallinari thing, his name keeps coming up. I still think it's really unlikely, especially now that Rubio's gone. The Wolves would have to cobble together enough salary to make that happen. And also, the Hawks have to be incentivized to do it. I mean, are they going to give up Gallinari for a pick and some spare parts? Probably not. Uh, they could use some additional shooting. You know, Josh and Kogi, they could also use some perimeter defenders. Kogi checks one of those boxes. He's not going to help your shooting. Um, in terms of guys who could be available, same with Jarrett Culver. And there's also a little bit of upside. But the Hawks are, are not in the same spot they were 12 months ago, right? They're not excited to take a, a flyer on Culver's potential. They're they're in win-now mode, firmly in win-now mode. So does Culver in a pick do much for them? No. Um, I just don't think the Gallinari thing happens. I don't think there's enough legs to it now that Rubio has been traded. Markkinen's interesting. I think that's possible because of the pieces the Wolves could offer. Markkinen could be interested in coming to Minnesota. He'd be the starting four. Um, but as I said, I think, I can't remember if this is Friday or Monday show. He helps with the offense, right? I mean, he's a great shooter. He helps with the floor spacing that the Wolves need. Well, great's maybe a little strong. He's a very good shooter, uh, but he doesn't help a lot with rebounding. I mean, he's, he's fairly average in that category. And, 
he's not a very good defender. So I don't know how many assets you want to really give up for Laurie Markkinen either. Um, so none of those names are really all that exciting to me. I think Markkinen's probably the most likely of those to actually happen. Um, the only other Wolves-related note that's really of any substance is that John Krasinski reported that the Wolves tried to have contract extension talks with Jared Vanderbilt before free agency began and that basically Vando was good with hitting free agency. Um, there was a note, I can't remember who this, I think this was also Krasinski. Basically, um, the Wolves, or it could have been Dane Moore actually, the Wolves had offered back a couple years ago, I referenced Tyus Jones on Monday, they'd offered him roughly three million. He wanted roughly six. He hit free agency and he got like basically eight, uh, he got almost nine million a year, something like eight million a year with the Grizzlies. So he got even more than he was asking from the Wolves. And the Wolves let him walk because that was crazy. Um, Vanderbilt's hoping for a, a similar outcome. I'd be shocked. I, you know, I don't know if the numbers are the same. Vando's not going to get nine, eight, nine million a year. And I think part of the reason I said this on Friday that the Wolves created some of that cap space, like they like they did by trading Rubio for Torian Prince, is they now have the ability to retain Jared Vanderbilt if things get out of hand. Well, I guess if they get out of hand, they probably wouldn't retain him. But if, if that price goes up a little bit in restricted free agency, they've got the space now to retain their own guys. And they could do that with Vanderbilt, also with Jordan McLaughlin if they're so inclined. But um, Vando surely thinks that he can get a little bit more on the open market and that's his right to do so. If he does, the Wolves are seriously going to look at matching an offer sheet to retain him, I would guess. Um, he, again, the, the edge, the rebounding, the defense, the toughness, things that the Wolves roster, the athleticism, the Wolves roster doesn't have a ton of in other areas. So it'd be really important to retain Jared Vanderbilt if at all possible. So we'll see if anybody else comes after him. Now that that first wave and wave and a half, I guess, is off the table, teams are going to be looking to to shore up their rotation, to find some bargains, um, to find guys with upside. And Vanderbilt could fit all of those check all those boxes as kind of an, a fringe rotation guy and a good team, an energy guy, somebody who's still got a little bit of upside and, and could uh, fill in in a bigger role if needed. For all those reasons, the Wolves want to bring Vanderbilt back. So we'll see what happens next, uh, but that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Okay, next I want to hit, um, and we hit really all the big stuff, all the Timberwolves for agency items. So I want to get to Ben Simmons here in a second. There was a note from Dane Moore on, on the idea of a Ben Simmons trade and what he's been hearing. And also, uh, uh, an idea from ESPN on what uh, the framework of a Simmons trade could look like for Minnesota. So I want to get to all that uh, next here. First, though, let's talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is more than half over now. Football starting, well, it's underway now. Games start here preseason in just a week or so. Um, and you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including, of course, baseball. Now basketball and hockey's over. But UFC and MMA and very soon NFL. You can get all that over at Online Before the next pitch, head over there on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked on. Again, that's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's talk about Ben Simmons as a continuing trade possibility. There was never anything that was going to happen this early in free agency. Obviously, the rest of the potential superstar trade situations at the play out very likely it's it's uh you know the Bradley Beals the Damian Lillards actually to that to that point um I'll just start with this Dane Moore put this out of course of the Dane Moore NBA podcast um 
put this out on Monday afternoon. He said, got versions of this text from three separate league execs today on the Timberwolves. They should just trade for Ben Simmons. I haven't heard of any actual momentum here. Sounds like the Beal slash Lillard situation is finalized before any Simmons trade talk for a non-star happens. That's exactly my take on this as well. Um, is is Daryl Morey's not in any hurry. Uh, at the same time, it's 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 goofy what he's trying to do because everyone knows he's got to trade Simmons at this point. It's, it has to happen. But he's holding out hope he can find a way to make a trade happen for a star, right? Whether that's, you know, Beal's fairly unlikely, but it could be Beal, it could be Lillard. It could be part of a, lar- a massive deal that includes one of those guys, you know, going elsewhere. And that's that's kind of Maury's thought process at this point is he's trying to create leverage where he really doesn't have a ton of leverage. Of course, we also know based on his pre-draft, you know, all the all the rumors that came out the days leading into and the day of the draft last week is his asking price. Maury's asking price is extremely high, right? He's asking for some version of it was like seven picks. In a deal at one point, he was asking for at least four first rounders from Golden State. Um, So no doubt his asking price to Minnesota is also off the charts at this point. But I mean, eventually he's going to have to come down in what he's asking. That's not what he's he's not going to get that much. Um, ESPN put out an article. This was over the weekend. And uh, it's called, it's an ESPN Plus, an insider article called Ben Simmons Trades We Want to See, including blockbusters between the Sixers and Blazers. So it's a list of a bunch of their NBA insiders proposed Simmons traits, like what they would, they would like to see happen. A couple are just ridiculous. Like one is the Kings getting Simmons for Buddy Heald, Terry's Halbert and Marvin Bagley. That is not happening. That like the Sixers would never do that. There's not even any picks in this deal. It's just, there's no chance. Um, It would not be anything close to requisite value for Ben Simmons. There's the idea of a superstar swap with Portland where where the Sixers would get Lillard, the Blazers would give up both Simmons and Tyrese Maxey, who is good as a rookie, and two first-rounders to Portland to get Damian Lillard. I could see that one. Um, That one's not crazy to me. I actually think that's a pretty good return. There's another one that I think is ridiculous. Simmons to the the Blazers in exchange for McCollum, Nasir Little, and a protected first-round pick. Also not enough. I like CJ McCollum as much as the next guy, but there's no chance the Sixers do this for McCollum, basically McCollum and a first round pick not happening. Um, I, I just, oh, and this one too, this one's ridiculous as well. Simmons to this, to the bulls for Zach Levine and Tomas Sadaransky also not happening. Zach Levine's great. I like him a lot. You don't trade him and Tomas Sadaransky. You're not able to trade the two of them and no picks to get Ben Simmons. Uh, I just don't think Philadelphia does that. The Timberwolves related deal is closer it, it's a lot closer. Um, and I don't, you know, I, you could argue that the Portland one for Lillard is, is probably a better return. Um, but this one's, this one's, uh, the next best one on the list, in my opinion. And, and, you know, trying to be completely unbiased here and just, just looking at this trade, um, you know, what it does for both teams, but the Wolves would get Ben Simmons and George Hill. The Sixers would get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and a pair of protected picks, a 2022 protected pick. Um, they've got this listed as top three protected in 22, then top two protected and, and similar to the 24, the 24 pick in a similar way. And by the way, the, the front office expert who put this out there is Bobby Marks, who was literally in Brooklyn slash New Jersey's front office for several years. And so he knows something about putting together trades. And this isn't crazy. Um, we know that the Wolves, that that Gerson Rosas would love to pair D'Angelo Russell with Ben Simmons because they cover for each other's weaknesses. They could alternate who's running the offense. I think primarily D'Lo would run the offense and Simmons would, would basically function as a four in the Wolves offense. Um, and, and in some ways, um, well, yeah, that, that would pretty much be his role, but you'd have the option of having him run the offense. Obviously Anthony Edwards would run some offense. Um, 
But to get it done, the Wolves would have to be willing to part with D'Angelo Russell. I don't think Maury's all that excited about acquiring Russell on a max contract, but there's also only two years left on the deal. The, the, and if you don't love it, the two first round picks help. And Malik Beasley's a really nice piece. Um, so the Lillard returns better than this one. But if you can't get Damian Lillard, this is, this is not bad. Um, if you're, if you're Philadelphia, if you're Minnesota, you have to do this. And I know they don't want to trade D'Angelo Russell for a lot of reasons, but this would make the Timberwolves better. Trading Russell Beasley and two first round picks to get Simmons and George Hill would be a good deal. Um, and, and that's basically what Mark says is it's a swing for the fences for Minnesota. But now you've got three former number one overall picks in Towns, Edwards, and Simmons. They're all franchise level players. You've got them together for the, at least the next three years. And, um, you've got Edwards still on his rookie deal you can make this thing work. Um, and and you lose the floor spacing with Russell and Beasley, so you'd have to acquire some cheap shooting, getting back really just Simmons, who, who doesn't space the floor, does the opposite. So the Wolves would need to find some shooting in that instance, but it would make the team better. Um, Simmons is a better player than Russell. He's a better player than Beasley. And that's really all you're giving up. So um, in terms of what's on the roster now. So all that to say, I think that's actually a reasonable offer from Minnesota. And we could end up there. I still sitting here today would be surprised if D'Angelo Russell gets traded this offseason, even if it's for Ben Simmons. I just don't think the Wolves are really interested in having that conversation. But if you can upgrade from, you know, Russell's what, a top 60 player in the league, top 55 player, something like that, to Simmons, who's clearly a top 25, if not a top 20 player. And then you'd have two top 20 guys in Towns and Simmons, and you'd have Edwards, who could be a top 20 guy in a year, you know, maybe two years. Um, you do that. You, you have to make that deal if it's on the table. Also, I don't think it's on the table right now. I, I don't think Maury's ready to to resign himself to a return like this. I think he thinks he could do better, and that's why we're not seeing any movement. I'd be shocked if anything happened in the in really this week. I think Maury's going to wait. You know, He's going to bide his time. He's going to wait until free agency shakes out a bit further before he he makes a, you know, uh, before he, he decides to make a move. Um, and of this list of trades outside of getting Lillard, I think that the Wolves have the most to offer Philadelphia. And that's why I think it's important for Wolves fans to pay attention along with Dane's note that like there's multiple executives who are saying they should just do this. I mean, they, they, the Wolves have enough assets to do this as long as they're willing to part with them. And what we know about Gerson Rosas is he's willing to swing for the fences. And that's why I think Minnesota has got a fighting chance in this thing, depending also on what happens with Lillard and Beal. I think it's far less likely the Wolves would end up with one of those guys. Um, but those are always possibilities too. And, and like I said, I don't think the Simmons situation gets resolved until those situations come to some sort of resolution as well. All right, that's all we have for you today. Hopefully there will be some Wolves movement or at least some additional notes to talk about on Wednesday's show. And then, of course, we've got the rest of the Olympics this week. Summer League kicks off this weekend. So plenty going on. Um, if you're not already following or subscribed to the podcast, please do. Um, you can follow anywhere you listen to podcasts. That, of course, includes Apple, as well as Spotify, Google, and the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at LockdownTWolves and at BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. A reminder that today's show is brought to us by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. That's all we have for you today. Thanks for listening to the show. Of course, Lockdown Wolves is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.